a lot of what it does is also let people know that like this is a business we're not just like beautiful hippie mermaids going around like painting whatever you want on a wall like that is like five percent of it you know what i mean or, or even that To the badass roadmap i'm jess and i'm mads this is a podcast for creative business owners your guide for running your business being a creative and living a kick-ass life today we're talking with the one and only cynthia santos the founder and creative director of chalk and brush a design studio based out of miami that provides mural signage illustrations and other commercial art services to businesses ranging from local mom and pop shops to major brands like starbucks and spotify welcome sin how are you Hi, I'm great. Thank you both for having me. I'm super excited. You're so welcome. We're so we're so excited. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like you and I met on just through Instagram. I think it's been a few years, right? It was like pre-pandemic. Definitely pre-pandemic. You're one of those people, and I sh- might be the same. That like I don't remember ever meeting officially, but we just sort of were, and eventually we were just having like deep business conversations together um and yeah I don't remember ever really like formally meeting yes yes I definitely agree I (laughs) I feel like there's so many of that especially on Instagram like Instagram specifically or like just one day I started following this person and one day we had a Mm -hmm. conversation but I can't pinpoint Mm -hmm. when that was (laughs) yeah and you feel like you know them and you know their dogs and you know their business (laughs) Uh, yeah I think that's pretty cool yeah. And I remember that one time, I think it was November 2020. So it was still COVID restrictive. Um, not that now still isn't. Um, and I had visited Miami and I know we were supposed to meet up and then just stuff got in the way. But one day, one day I will come down to Miami and we will meet up. <laughs> or you'll come up to Baltimore and see snow and brick. Yeah, and have like a hairspray moment. I might <laughs> But yeah, if you come down, we'll definitely have some like Cuban coffee. Did you get any when you were down here? No. Please tell us what Cuban coffee is. Jess, I I don't know if you'd like it. I mean, it's very sweet. Oh, yeah, it's sweet. And you can have it like this. There's Cuban coffee in here. You can put milk in it. It's cafe con leche. Mm -hmm. And you can make it as white as you want. It's just the the beans, you know? It's it's in the beans. Basic as I want it to be. (laughs) Yeah, mine is pretty white right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In good company. Um, yeah. All right. So we have some fun questions. Madeline, Madeline is the expert question asker. So she came up with these. But if you want to go through, we want to know where you're based, what the government thinks you do for a living, and what's your favorite road trip snack? Okay. Um, so I'm based out of Miami, but uh, we do travel everywhere. Uh, we being myself and my partner, who's my husband and our team. Um, the government knows what I do for a living and I hope it fills them with jealousy and rage. Um, (laughs) but yeah, you know, we design murals and, uh, do traditional sign painting and create illustrations for, like you said, all kinds of brands and businesses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Road trip snack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It depends. So my, my partner's a healthy guy. 
and I'm not. Hmm. So it really depends on the hunger. Like I love a jelly donut in the car. Um, I have to drive out of Florida to go anywhere. So we hit like a bunch of Dunkin' Donuts in every rest stop. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if I'm famished though, I don't care. Like I ate a bag of jerky in California just entirely by myself. <laughs> <laughs> the big one. Are you like a Slim Jim fan or like the actual jerky? I know Slim Jim is like, you know. I'm not a Slim Jim fam. A fam. Fam. No, I'm not fam with Slim Jim. <laughs> Part of I'll the do fam. regular like teriyaki. Teriyaki jerky. Okay. okay. And okay. I don't yeah. love it. It's just like if you if you need to feel like you're having something like salty and substantial. Yes. And there's nowhere yeah. in sight, it'll get the job done. Totally. So if your partner is like more of the healthy person, like what is his road trip mm-hmm. snack? Like what is kind of the barometer, the baseline of like what a healthy road trip snack looks oh like? Oh my in God. Car? Nuts. All kinds of nuts nuts and seeds and um <laughs> shriveled up fruit yeah dried fruit just bring along some bird uh, seed he'll do like a chocolate covered almond when he's feeling naughty you know <laughs> i love that we all like should aspire i guess to be that way <laughs> sounds 100%. like hundred percent we should no, yeah i say no i guy. say nay okay. i disagree yeah i i mean like i love a healthy food and i think like there's a fine line when you're traveling, like you do mm-hmm. maybe not want to eat super processed foods because mm-hmm. you're already going to feel like shit if you're sitting in a car for that long, especially like Florida. Sid, how long does it take to go from Miami oh my God. to like mainland? Um, <laughs> like let me off... see. So it takes me four hours, three to four hours to get to Orlando. So I would say like maybe eight hours unless we're driving to like the Panhandle, um, yeah. which is a whole nother... Wow. world wow. and distance yeah do you all frequently drive out of florida specifically or do you mostly like fly and then drive because i remember you went to california recently on a road trip yeah so we flew there and did the road trip there and that was okay. just for fun um yeah. for work we'll fly out of florida but a lot of our work because we work with the southeastern um, design studio for starbucks um a lot of our work mm-hmm. is in like central florida or like the okay. west coast of florida so we do a lot of driving like within the state that's awesome. How did you first get in touch with Starbucks? Um, Jess, it's the craziest story. So I, I guess not for you guys, probably. So back when I was doing mainly sign painting and I had like just started out, I wasn't even, I didn't even super know what I was doing. I needed some tattoo money for my sleeve. So I took on this like $500 logo job for a restaurant that actually stayed up until quite recently. And I painted it on a ledge where like my ladder wasn't even tall enough to reach the ledge. So I had to Mm -hmm. somehow like get myself up there. There was broken glass all over the ledge, like broken bulbs. It started to rain, Um, (laughs) but I got that done. And I didn't know this, but the Starbucks Southeast uh, Design Studio was right across the street. And the designers just went to lunch there and asked who did their work. And the chefs gave them my name. And that was it. I had a very sweaty wow. meeting with them right after. <laughs> yeah. And I got oh my, my tattoo. Gosh. Yes. It it's nice. I'm sure you were so excited. I'm sure that was like a pivotal moment. Oh, it was. It was. Yeah. It was super scary. I put a little presentation together and it ended up like not even being what they wanted from me anyways. But um, okay. hmm. it was a cool experience. I, I, don't, I didn't dress right for the interview. I'm, I'm just surprised <laughs> it happened. By the time we left, we had projects with almost every designer in there. So obviously it went well. Wow. Um, yeah. In hindsight, I would do it totally differently. Of course. Yeah. But I mean, that's like it sounds a little bit almost like beginner's luck. 
you know? Yeah. And maybe that's what helped, you know, like they just felt chummy with me. Yeah. 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 That's so interesting. Like sometimes when we're too professional, it's like it, it backfires. But when we're just like authentic and just who we are, they're like, wow, I want to work with this person. That's something I'm climbing on glass. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. That's something I've noticed now. And I've been, um, telling Ben and the team is that when we're talking to clients, like we still want to seem like fun artists who love what they do, which we are, but sometimes we get so bogged Mm -hmm. down and let me explain our process and let me explain like why you need to work with me and not like, wait, they already want to work with me. We just need to like have a little Mm -hmm. conversation and make it happen. Mm -hmm. I think that's like good advice for people to remember when they're pitching somebody, when they're going into a meeting that like, at the end of the day you kind of have to sell yourself a little bit like they already they already know what you can do like that's why they're there and there might be like a little bit of explaining about like your process and like this is why we do things this way and like this is what you can expect from us but at the end of the day like they're gonna want to work with you because of who you are Mm -hmm. and just kind of like remembering to show up as yourself because if you show up as somebody else it's gonna be hard to continue to be that person throughout the process yeah, a hundred percent. And then I also think people hire creatives. I don't know. They they sort of want that feeling of like I'm working with a cool artist. I'm working with this person mm-hmm. who is gonna like be passionate about my brand and do a great job for me. And not necessarily like if they wanted to hire an agency, they would. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Do you feel like you get a lot of clients who are like you have complete creative freedom? I have a lot of clients that say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> fool me once, shame on me. Fool me for ten years, shame on me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think now I'm at a point where some clients do give me a good amount of creative freedom, but it's almost never a hundred percent, and that's fine because I'm not like a gallery artist who just does whatever they want and hopes mm-hmm. to sell a painting. Um, I'm working for businesses and for brands. And even if they want to represent me as an artist, they're still representing me, representing them. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's fine. That's such a good point. How long have you been doing this? I don't know if I actually know your like starting story. Um, So in 2013, I had lost my job in fashion because I, you know, your girl was partying a little and not focusing a lot. (laughs) Uh, I was young. Ten years ago. So I had lost my job, but just before that, um, the place I was working at was in Wynwood, and I had begged my boss to let me paint a mural outside during Art Basel, which is the big art festival Mm -hmm. that comes to Miami, during also Miami Art Week, which is in December. So if you can picture Wynwood, which is our art district, everybody's out there painting. Like, it's just such a cool vibe. I just, I wanted to be a part of it. So I tried my luck, and I, I did something with, like, stencils and stuff. It wasn't great. But two people saw me doing that and contacted me after I had already lost my job um, and asked if I had ever lettered a chalkboard. And I was like, yes, when the answer was no. (laughs) Um, And I charged $200 for three chalkboards, uh, if you can believe that. And it took me a whole week. Um, But I posted that on Instagram and just somebody else reached out and then somebody else reached out. And if you can think back to 2013, this is like peak mason jar in every restaurant, a reclaimed wood wall with a logo, a chalkboard with different, you know, lettering styles. 
And I was the only person in Miami doing that at the time. So it just, it worked wow. out for me. Wow. Yeah. Monopoly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. Yeah, that's also, definitely not the case anymore, but yeah. Right. Yeah. I have seen you um, use your fashion skills, like, to make your coveralls more, like, fitted and stuff. And I think that's cool that you've been able to, like, still apply your fashion skills to the industry. Yeah, totally. And we, we actually did uh, some kids' rooms for, for a Miami Heat player, which were, like, jungle themed. And I sewed, like, a tent for their bed. It's definitely something I still use. And I think one of the plus sides to getting an education in fashion is that they did focus a lot on entrepreneurship, on costing, mm -hmm. on starting your own business, on working out of your house, on figuring out material costs, right? Fashion is all materials wow. and labor mm -hmm. uh, with a little bit of a markup. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Manufacturing. So a lot of ma uh, fashion is manufactured overseas. So I learned mm -hmm. in school and both and like on the job, how to communicate with a person who is never going to talk to me, but I want them to make something that looks the way that I want it. And that is how mm. we scaled having my designs painted by a team. Like every one of my murals has a tech pack, which I took from the fashion industry. Um, when you make a garment and you send it to China, you have to tell them or wherever you're sending it, even if it's, you know, um, in the US, you have to tell them exactly how far apart the buttons are, exactly how big each, each, every tiny little thing has to be specced out. And I just, did that with murals. That's so cool. That's it's, fascinating. We, I feel like I've talked about this a lot, like previous jobs, previous interests totally come into play in mm -hmm. your business when you start it, no matter what you're doing. Like I used to work in a grocery store for eight years. Like that customer service vibe is like such, so ingrained in my business. Yeah. Whereas if you worked in a fashion industry or you worked in, I don't know, plumbing, like all of that stuff comes into play, but it's yeah. so cool to hear how it's like helped you build a team. It sounds like that's kind of the biggest thing that it's, it's like influenced. Yeah. A hundred percent. Just have, being comfortable with somebody else producing something that I designed, mm. which not every artist is. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing. That's I feel huge. like just can <laughs> resonate <laughs> with that. I think well, it's, I think you that's know. one of the really cool things about the shape of your business is like how you have been able to scale so quickly, mm -hmm. like watching these, these jobs that you go on, um, like the Vegas one, how long were you guys out there for a month? We were there for, no. it was supposed to be a month, but it was a month and a, a week or so. Um, yeah, that was wild. And, so, and mm -hmm. you were out there with your partner, right? Yeah, it was just Ben and I, and we were working for the new resort world, which was still under construction at the time. And it was we've we've been on many AirPod, we've been on many construction sites before, but that was just uh -huh. a massive resort. It was like a like a city being built. Like there were just so many people in there, so many teams. It was so hard to like find a scaffold, <laughs> a bathroom. Yeah. Oh my god, it was yeah. pretty wild. And then were were operations still going on in Miami? Like, were y'all yes. still having jobs go or did y'all kind of like time out? No, no, no. we were still, yeah. the, the team in Miami was still painting. There there were still issues yeah. coming up. We were still dealing with all of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it That's was a learning easy. experience. It was awesome. I'd do it again for sure. Yeah. I'm actually going this... to. Um... No, 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 go ahead. 
um, <laughs> more than likely in like a month or so, I'm going to be actually painting on a cruise, like during a, a cruise like voyage. So I'll actually Stop. just be there painting for like a couple hours a day. And then the rest of the time I just like get to hang out and uh, like do my thing. Yeah, I'm super wow. excited for that. Wow. How long where's is the, the cruise for? Yeah, where's it going? It's five days and it just does the Caribbean, like DR, um, okay. the Bahamas. I think it's going to uh, Cozumel, like the little tip of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, yeah. Are you like the live on board entertainment? <laughs> yeah. Is I'm that like, like what like the a, mural is? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a little mural on the pool deck and I just have to go out and paint for like two to three hours a day and obviously finish it by the end of, of the voyage. Um, but yeah, I'll be like the resident, resident artist. I hope it goes oh well gosh. so I can do it again. Yeah. I feel like you're going to like, oh, like some people are like, I'm going to paint an Airbnb, but now it's like, let's level up and paint a, on a cruise and get right? a cruise out of it. Yeah. It's funny because when <laughs> like, I had, uh, I recently wrapped a bus for our, for our city. Uh-huh. And that's something that my city does with artists forever. So every time mm-hmm. I saw it on the street, I would tell my partner like, Ben, I want a bus, like get me a mm-hmm. bus. And the bus just happened. And jokingly, I was like, now I want a cruise. And the cruise is here. So I'm Look thinking now, you. like, a plane, maybe, like, a blimp. Yeah. Ooh. You're just, like, covering all methods of transportation. Transportation, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're, like, a lot of your work, too, like, this kind of, like, ties in, but you almost have, like, a like a 3D quality in some capacities. Like, the Vegas mural, for example, you added mm. materials, and, and now you're on these, like, very... 3d shapes you're not just stuck to flat walls it's cool it's really yeah. cool to see it's cool and it's I fun i'm actually like, huh? i said i was gonna make the connection between like that and fashion like that's what your Ooh. background's in is like True. working with three-dimensional shapes yeah. and just kind of being familiar with translating design into kind of like a, a medium that's a little bit more textured that's pretty cool i never thought of that but yeah and just putting <laughs> different pieces together Mm-hmm. like assembling mm-hmm. something as opposed to just sort of painting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm, I love that. I want to circle back to the Caribbean and I know you are from Cuba and Beep. that is a big part of, I don't know if it's a big part of your business, but I know it's obviously a big part of your life and like being in Miami. And do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. That takes you. Um, <laughs> I was born in Cuba and I moved here when I was 10. Um, and I moved here because my mom won the visa lottery. So they like mm. picked our name out of a lottery wow. thing. And that gave us the opportunity to go interview with the US embassy to come here. So they granted that and we moved. And I think I spent so much of my like teenage years embarrassed about being mm. Latin and being Hispanic and being Cuban and having a little bit of an accent. And now it is, like you said, a huge part of my business, a huge part of my life, a huge part of why I get jobs, to be fully honest. Mm. Um, whenever a brand is looking to sort of make their mark in Miami, they're obviously going to want to work with somebody who has ties to the community and mm. who you know, doesn't really have to do that research and can put out something authentic. And, and I think that that is why I do get a lot of those jobs. And, and I do see it as a big responsibility. I don't want to misrepresent my culture I don't want to make it into anything kitschy Um, sometimes I get to do very authentic and serious things um, that pertain to my culture sometimes it's like fun like the bus it's covered in like dominoes and like croquettes like little Cuban snacks and leaves Um, and I think there's room for both um, because those are all like little items that make all of us as a community like really happy and 
it's easy for others to like understand us in that sense a little better. Yeah. I'm definitely seeing this theme of like connection throughout a lot of your work, like just connecting the fashion industry to this 3D, but also like your culture, but just your work seems to create a form of like identity and connection in it too. I know the, um, I don't know if you have a favorite piece. I would love to hear if you have a favorite piece. I know you've created so much, but do you, is there one that like really sticks out to you? Um, so the piece that I created in Vegas and um, the murals that I painted, I live in a city in Miami called Coral Gables where there was no public art. And I just painted the first, uh, not just last year, the first four public murals here um, ever. And both of those were painted and designed right after my dad passed away. Um, and uh, both clients actually let me put something in the mural as sort of like a little tribute to him. And not just that, but they gave me so much leniency with my contracts and with my time um, mm. that I think those projects, just like the the emotional and physical labor of getting them done was kind of like really cathartic and just being able to see that like still out there um, yeah. is really special to me. Your dad's inspired kind of your, your artistry in a sense, right? He was an artist. Yeah, my dad was a fine artist and sculptor, uh, sculptor, sorry, <laughs> and a poet and um, like everything else. And yeah, I always knew I wanted to be an artist because of him or at least something in the creative field. And he was always like just beyond supportive of everything I did. Um, yeah, he was super proud and I'm sure he still would be. Yeah, totally. How it's could incredible. you not? <laughs> We're proud of you. Yeah. We're <laughs> not related to you. Nah. <laughs> Um, I think one of the, obviously I follow your stories a lot. I feel like you're very, you share a lot and I love that because I feel like it, it makes people feel more connected to you, you know? And one of the, uh, coolest things was when on your California road trip that I was noticing where you got a sticker printed of your dad's work and you were like pasting it on a bunch of different places. Yeah. I have to send that your way. That's one of uh, my favorite paintings of his. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just wanted to spread it around. And usually when I give it to somebody, it brings them like just a lot of joy. And I love seeing it around. I love seeing people like appreciate his work. I think he was pretty successful in Cuba and Mexico, but mm -hmm. it still brings me just like joy and pride to see other people go like, wow, your dad was so talented and so cool. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that would be so cool to have a talented like an artist dad. I don't even know what that would be like. Like <laughs> have a creative parent. <laughs> it's so cool. It was pretty is your cool. Mom, is your mom creative or like what does she do? My my mom studied medicine in Cuba, but she was super creative. She actually wanted um, to be an artist and her family just sort of drove her away from that. So mm -hmm. she was always really supportive, like pretty good at doodling and helping me with like whatever creative projects I needed. Um, and I think since my dad was a professional artist and so many other people around us were, like that was just something that was accepted as a profession. Like nobody really ever told mm. me, like with the exception yeah. of teachers, nobody ever <laughs> yeah. really told me like, hey, don't do this. Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like a lot of um, muralist business owners, people who are just getting started, one of the biggest hurdles for them to face in the beginning of their business is imposter syndrome and feeling like, like just the idea of making money from art and running a successful business is just like too far away to even comprehend. Do you feel like that's a thing that you encountered because you were surrounded, because your dad was a professional artist, because you grew up in an artistic community? 
Um, I definitely dealt with it and still do, um, mainly in the form of like comparison. Like my dad was such a good, like just classically mm -hmm. trained, like Renaissance style painter. So even though he was still extremely supportive and everybody was, I still always thought like I could never do this. Mm -hmm. Um, and it took me a while to accept that my work, uh, my work being very colorful and illustrative and almost like cartoony, you know, sometimes. Mm -hmm was still just as valuable. And I think now, in the beginning, for starters, Ben and I didn't think we had a business until we were like three years in. Jess, you and I had a conversation <laughs> when we were like seven years in, right? And you were like, you should probably write your process down. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> which I did, by the way, right after. Good, um, yay. <laughs> so I, I think I definitely still deal with it. It's something that you just have to kind of you just suck up and get past that, you know, like look back at your own work and see what like a badass you are or mm -hmm. see yourself through somebody else's eyes because don't trust yours <laughs> Yeah. Um, when it comes to that. I, I don't know if you can resonate with that, Madeline, but I definitely, I understand what you're saying. Like whenever someone's like, oh, I want a portrait and something and I'm like, yeah, I can't, that's going to take me so long to do mm -hmm. in comparison mm -hmm. to someone who has that style. And yet, yeah we need all these different styles because art wouldn't be interesting if it was just Renaissance, just which is right. beautiful and, mm -hmm. you know, needed. But then it's also like, we want the cartoons. Cartoons mm -hmm. are great. We all grew up on cartoons. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, if all art was like beautiful classical paintings, we'd be bored of them. And also like we have cameras for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I actually just tried it. It's funny portrait my first ever time painting like a large human figure on a wall. And that shit went super viral on TikTok. It has like 4 million Ooh. views. The clients are so happy. I'm actually going to make it a point to do more like painty painting now that the team is sort of rolling on its yeah. own. Like they're they're working without me right now as we speak. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to try that out. It makes me feel closer to my dad. And it's like a new mm -hmm. skill, you know, like it's fun to, to learn. I want to watch definitely some tutorials. Um, yeah. But yeah. I can do it. And Jess, that means you can do it too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to get to your style of illustration before I move on to like realist. <laughs> um, but no, no imposter syndrome. You know, we all, we all no, have yeah. our own space in the, uh, you said something that I feel like I have so many questions. I don't know about you, Madeline. I'm like, I want to ask you all the things. Everything is making me want to ask more. Um, the, yeah, I don't know. You, you can step in, Madeline. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that's really cool what you were saying about how the fact that like the business is rolling and therefore you have the space to kind of like play and experiment because I feel like a lot of um, a lot of maybe not a lot of businesses me personally right mm -hmm. I feel like I have to develop a distinctive style so that way people will come to me and be like hey we saw this other thing that you did we really liked it can you do it for us here and there's this pressure to create something that is commercially viable and then capitalize on that. But I also think like as creatives, as artists, we are like hungry for more. And so I feel this push and pull in my own business where every time I sit down to create a piece, I don't want it to look like anything I have ever done before. Right. And but that's, that's what they want kind of from a, you. But that's what they want. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. like, so I'm trying to find this balance between like, 
how do I like capitalize on what's doing well? And then like, how do I also leave room for play for myself so that I can experiment with new things? And, and you know, like you did this painting and it went viral and like, you wouldn't have been able to do that if you didn't have the space to create and play. And so I just, I'm fascinated by the way you've set up your team so that you can keep your business going and continue to do these things that you're known for, but also have the space to play and get creative. Um, you mentioned that your background in fashion kind of helped you scale a little bit. You have a partner who's creative who you started this business with. Um, how did you know it was time to scale? What did that look like? Was your partner, you can talk as much or as little about him as you would like. Oh, yeah. um, like, was he super creative? Like, you mentioned that it. you guys were like three years in before you even realized you had a business. But how how many people are on your team right now? So right now we're a team of seven, and then there's two other painters that sort of bounce in and out as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's us. We have an executive assistant, Brianna. She is mm-hmm. just incredible um, mm-hmm. at managing just like emails, our schedule, even like project management. She's doing so much more now. Um, I have my little sister, Claudia, and her partner, Jerry. They live in Mexico. Yeah, she's my dad's daughter. Um, helping me with design. So usually if I have to design something, I'll sketch it. Maybe I'll do like a loose color rendering of it on my iPad. I'll shoot it to them and they will finalize it, put it together, send it to the client, um, get my edits for me, um, just sort of nicely give me the edits or even do them for me if they can. They pretty much take it up all the way until we're ready to paint. So they make that tech pack for me. Um, Yeah, so that's my sister, amazing. We have two painters, Nick and Mel, who are the coolest. They're super talented. They have learned our skills just so quickly and are so like Mm -hmm. dedicated and fun. And I I want them to put their face out there more because I think everybody would love them. And honestly, all the other painters that have gone through our team that are now like doing cooler and better things are amazing also. Um, And then Giselle helps us with social media because your girl was overwhelmed with that and it felt very repetitive. So now she's just kicking butt at reels and um, yeah, just doing great at that. And uh, Ben, who is my husband, (laughs) um, he does a lot of more like the, the managerial work. So like a lot of our contracts, initial meetings, proposals, um, making sure we have all of our equipment and safety. Like he's been managing the paint team a lot more now that I've been doing a lot of projects that are just designed, like they're not necessarily murals. So um, they've been, they've just been out there keeping the ball rolling. And I mean, I I appreciate you guys for saying that. I don't feel like I am the leader right now that I should be or that I could be. I am definitely still learning. I could definitely be more present I could definitely be more involved, um, but I think we're doing great. Like we're we're working on paying everybody more, and it, it is giving me that freedom, like you said, to to explore and to do other things and to take care of my mental health. I was definitely experiencing a little bit of burnout that didn't quite set in until the pandemic, and then what happened with my father. Like I really think I was just existing and just cranking these projects out, and at that point, I had to mm-hmm. take a step back and be like. You know, hey, what about me? <laughs> yeah, um, that's number one. <laughs> yeah, and I feel super guilty sometimes, like being here drawing, you know, like an infographic about 
martinis while everybody's out there like sweating and painting <laughs> but we're all playing our part and it is what it is and I paint when I yeah. can Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just talking myself down now, as you can see. <laughs> You're doing great. Like, I think guilt aside, I think we all can feel that way, even if it's not, I don't know, like being like, oh, I'm not taking my dogs out enough because right. I work, right? Like you feel mm-hmm. so, or I'm not, I'm not able to hang out with my friends as much as I want to because I feel so busy. Um, I, I've also always heard that the best managers, which I would say, I know you're more of a leader, more of like the, the founder and such, but like the best managers are people who know how to, like you don't manage the same, everyone in the same way. You manage them how works best for their style. And it sounds like you and Ben have kind of created this environment where that is something that you all get to do. And that's really cool. Like that mm-hmm. alone is like something you know, to be proud of where you're like, I'm helping these people gain their skills. That's so cool to say. Like, I think <laughs> yeah. my favorite part of like hiring people is like, I'm helping them pay their rent. I'm helping them like go on vacations. Like you're helping them with tattoo money. Like that's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely want to do that more. And, um, but I think there's also a lot to be said for like a, a leadership that knows how to relinquish control. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. At one point, I had to understand that like I couldn't be there all the time and everything's not always going to look or go 100% the way that I want it to. But that's fine because everybody on the team is capable of, of problem solving and, and getting these things done without me. And, and mm-hmm. that's good. That says a lot about both of us. So much yeah. trust is involved in hiring Whew. people. Yeah. yeah. And also, would you mm-hmm. say time, like time helps you not only build that trust, but everyone gets in their flow like do you feel like when you first hire someone or when you were first building your team of course things weren't running 100 percent smoothly yeah definitely I think um the first employee we hired who was Kat who just moved on to like an agency job and we're all super proud of uh, I mean she even did some chalkboards in our backyard you know what I mean like we, we were figuring <laughs> yeah. it out and yeah. mm-hmm. um it was a lot of trial and error a lot of mistakes made with different hires or, or just us as leaders. And um, yeah, I mean, all we can do is learn from it and be honest and apologize when we have to, you know? Yeah, yeah. Nobody's nerfed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what is that? <laughs> um, what's it like to work with your husband? I want to know, like, how do you all keep that separate? I'm so, like, that is like- I feel like Jess me. is- yeah, Jess oh is taking God. notes because she she yeah. wants this. But we I talk feel about like control I don't issues know if, between the two of us. Right. I was Matt, gonna say partner. I feel like you want it and I don't know if your partner I don't know if Matt no. would be okay with that. Mm. He helps me paint, like he's been really That's good true. with the paint sprayer, which has been I saw amazing. Yeah. We bought one too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are game changers. I was like especially for really big outdoor mm-hmm. walls too. Yeah. With like those rough surfaces. Um, but yeah, I am so curious. I'm sure some of our audience is curious too. Like, how do you, how'd you bring your partner in? Like, what is it, what is it like for him? And like, how do you all keep it separate? And I'm sure that sometimes it's not separate right. and you come home and you talk about business. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was a lot of trial and error. Ben, Ben and I met shortly after or, or started dating. I got shortly after I had already done my first like job or two. 
And um, there was this one job that was, I think it was my first job to even break like the $1,000 mark. Um, and I needed a lift and it was outside, like sort of downtown. And Ben had been working as an emergency room uh, pediatric nurse for like 13 years at the time. Yeah. But he's always been a creative guy. A lot of his friends, um, the way I met him was through the graffiti scene. So he's always been, you know, climbing on stuff and uh, <laughs> painting to a degree. So he was just like super excited to come along and to like help me drive the lift. I didn't know how. And um, yeah, yeah. when that client didn't want to pay, he was very excited to help me collect. <laughs> and you know, at the time I had no no contract, no like not even an invoice or like a piece of toilet paper with a smiley face on it. Um, <laughs> so it just sort of happened like everything else. It just happened organically. Like we just started working together. And the way that nursing shifts work is you you kind of pile them right, and then you have a couple of days mm -hmm. off. So on the days that he was working, I'd usually be designing or going on like little meetings or doing little chalkboards. And then when he was off, we would paint. And um, something that he did very well and with little training is just taking over like the the businessy side, you know, like answering all the emails and stuff like that so that I can just focus on designing and on painting and on, you know, showing face when I have to. Um, I think keeping those things separate has been obviously really helpful. We both chime in, like he sees every design, he gives me his opinion on every design. I look at every proposal, I give my opinion on pricing, which is usually raise it, baby. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, for a while, no boundaries existed. You know, we would wake up and be like, did you send that email? You know, what are we, did we get the lift? Um, so that's something that we had to set, you know, no, no talking about work in bed, laptops, uh, and iPads in bed. <laughs> I try not to design past like 6 or 7 p.m., not just for our personal life, but also because I can't sleep if I do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when it's quitting time, we'll stop working and grab a glass of water. Maybe we'll have, like if today, right, we spent the day separate, he'll come home and we're gonna like download. So I'll tell him mm -hmm. how this went, he'll tell me how that went. And then ideally, we just won't talk about it anymore until tomorrow. <laughs> um, does it always happen? No, like we might, accidentally see an email or get a text or yeah. something comes up yeah. that, oh my god we didn't deal with this but it is what it is I mean I think we're proud of each other I like seeing him like learn to do these things mm -hmm. and I, I know he feels the same way about me mm -hmm. um I feel guilty because I I do feel like I have like the fun part of the job where everybody's just always like clapping for me right and he's like <laughs> buried in paperwork um mm. so but, but he does some people uh, some people love that part of the job. Does he like yeah. love the business side? He likes he's the logistics? Really, yeah, he's really good at it, whether he loves it yeah. or not. I mean, I, I think he, <laughs> he loves the growth and there's aspects of it that obviously bog him down. He is also yeah. painting. So he, he learned to paint immediately. He can, mm -hmm. he can do very clean letters. He just wow. painted like a 70 foot uh, mural by oh, himself I with two. That. Yeah. And they did wow. that with no projectors, like just measuring um, on the biggest boom lift we've ever been on. Um, and they did an amazing job. And the entire time I was just home in my sweatpants designing, you know, something else. <laughs> it's all important, though, you know, like. Yeah. Oh, it of course. All adds up. Yeah. And I feel like the obviously, if you were by yourself, you wouldn't have been able to have this kind of growth or all these cool projects. Oh, no. 100%. Down. 
I don't even know if I would have like believed in myself enough to have done that. I think he was one of the first ones who was like, no, like you have to do art, like stop looking for little jobs. Like he, we lived in his apartment for a while and he was like, let's take all of the furniture out of this little dining room and set up like your studio. Like he was very supportive, like from day one. So a hundred percent, like this would not be this without him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And without so everybody special. else that's worked with us. It really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you all have, like, team parties? Like, that's, like, <laughs> that's what I, if I were so, in a team, I'd be like, can we all go out to dinner now? <laughs> dude, so we don't as much. Like, the, yeah. literally the last time we all hung out was in during Art Basel in December. I think every time we try, a lot of our, our team members are, like, from out of state or just, yeah. you know, young and have lives. Yeah, so right, right, we right. definitely try. I think we have something planned for actually next week because we just had a team meeting where I was like, I, I am no longer going to plan things that nobody's available for. You guys plan something. You let me yeah. know and I will show up and I will pay for it. But <laughs> you let me know when you're available. I'll make myself available. Yes. <laughs> I think we're doing like a that's drag cool. brunch or something. I'm really excited. Oh, that's going to be Hi. so fun. Mm -hmm. Yep, and yep. like what a nice way to again like connect outside of being on a mural do you find that madeline and i talk about this a lot we have some of the best conversations while painting oh yeah that's what i miss most about painting is like getting to like bond mm -hmm. and know everyone better yeah i mean there's nothing like it you just zone out for at least what mm -hmm. five to eight hours at a time mm -hmm. yeah yeah Agreed. do you listen to podcasts or music or anything while you're painting so when I'm alone, I usually do like a podcast or like an ebook, um, mm -hmm. and I will like crank through them. Um, my AirPods are my yeah. best friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, when we're working together, I guess usually music. Ben and I will put on musicals. We'll listen to musicals while working a lot. It's a good wow. way to measure time. Is wow. Hairspray your favorite musical, or what's your favorite musical? Um, so my favorite musical would have to be Wicked. Um, okay. Oh. Yeah. Have you guys seen it? I haven't seen it, but I've always wanted to go see it on Broadway. It's very, I don't know, very relevant to like what is going on right now, like politically oh. and everything. You, you, yeah, I didn't think it was going yeah. to be, but it really mm -hmm. is like, there's definitely like a leader punishing minorities. Like it's mm. very, it's just very relevant and cool. Uh, but I mm -hmm. do love Hairspray. I love Rocky Horror. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm a, a Lin-Manuel Miranda fan. I know that he's like a problematic boy right now, but I love him. Oh, is he? Yeah. It's I guess. This. Yeah, he's gotten some, you know, shit for Hamilton and stuff, but he's my beautiful short yeah. Latin king and I defend him. <laughs> I feel is this like... like a separate the art from the artist kind of situation? Yeah, yeah. And also realize like he, you know, Broadway's a machine like anything else, and some musicals were written 10, 20 years ago, and times have changed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like uh, it's kind of like the unfortunate thing in our culture where, like, the more successful somebody is, the more we will take any excuse to tear them down. Mm. And, and kind of like what Jess was saying, like, art, separate the art from the artist and, like, recognize that, like, these people are humans, and humans make mistakes, and, like... yeah the worst thing that you could do is not to not make the mistake. It's to make the mistake and then not change and grow from it. And sometimes you kind of have to make the mistakes so that you can like really learn the lesson and be of like, course. 
okay, I'm going to do better next time because I didn't know that this was a problem. Right. So, yeah. you know, on that note, I feel like you've gotten a lot of fame on TikTok, the Tiki Talks <laughs> and the Reels and the Instagram. Like you, I feel like you've been, you've had a lot of followers for a long time. Uh, and of course, I know you've gotten some hate and some like dumb comments. Your cat has gotten famous. Your cat was on the yeah. dodo, right? Yeah, she was. <laughs> the same one that interrupted us earlier. Wow. Just giving out love to the... Yeah, yeah. Um, what has that been like? Like, have you... You mentioned, of course, like kind of taking a step back from social media. Yeah. Like what... Yeah. Just tell us a little bit about that. So, I mean, social media was part of my business from the beginning, right? Because that first post on Instagram just led to another job and to another. So I think one thing that I did well was just be there, right? With with the dominant social media platform of the time from a very early stage. And that's the same thing that happened with TikTok. Like I, um, well, going back to Instagram first, before I get in there, Ben and I, I think we were so excited to paint that we were just making time lapses and stuff. So we were posting videos to Instagram before video was like the dominant form, you know, yes, like there were still little that. square videos. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think that just made us really comfortable and it helped our following grow. Um, and people knowing us personally, seeing us working in our home and our apartment, seeing us grow and seeing us like be honest about our growth and our failures and our, our political beliefs and everything like that has helped us grow like a really loyal and true and organic following. Um, for TikTok, I once just like opened TikTok. I was listening to a podcast. It was uh, Roxy and Phoebe talking to the greater good. And she was just talking about how, and this was like early 2020, late 2019, actually, how she had just gotten on TikTok and it had really blown up for her. And I was like, well, let me see what this is. And I just uploaded a bunch of my old Instagram stuff and then just like let it go. Um, and one day I logged in and a video had gone viral. I didn't even know. And it just had a ton of views and it had a ton of followers. Um, so I started just posting more and again, like I already had that comfort or like of being in front of a camera or filming myself. Like I don't mind if I'm painting in front of a construction crew, like I will set up my phone in a discreet area and, and, and get that done because it's almost like if we don't have the content, then the piece didn't happen. A finished piece for a finished piece to get like a good amount of of love like it has to be like the Sistine Chapel yes. you know what I mean it has to be amazing yeah. whereas if you yeah. see the process you just feel more connected to to what that artist yeah. did like you guys I see you you know spraying the brick and oh my god I gotta spray it again whereas <laughs> if I just saw the final building I would be like hey that's some clean lettering that's some good design mm -hmm. but would my mind be yeah. blown would I be compelled to be like wow great job I can't wait to see this in person mm -hmm. maybe not as much you know i also feel like the more that we share the behind the scenes the more there's this appreciation of art in terms of also like financial compensation too when they realize how when they whoever they is but like you know <laughs> yeah the more that we share those behind the scenes the more that people are like oh shit this is a lot of effort this is not mm -hmm. like you know when people yeah. are just like oh i'll just come help you paint no big deal I'll just oh my god and it's like thank you and also, <laughs> it's not that easy. <laughs> My mom has showed up to help a couple of times. Um, really funny. But yeah, I think a lot of um, 
a lot of what it does is also let people know that like this is a business we're not just like beautiful hippie mermaids going around like painting whatever you want on a wall like that is like five mm-hmm. percent of it you know what i mean or, or even less i think a lot of people on tiktok didn't know that like an artist could be hired to paint another artist's work that has been sold mm-hmm. legally to a company um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time you post a projector, like everybody has a hissy fit. Every time you don't post a projector, everybody's like, did you know about projectors? <laughs> um, so it's just fun. Like, I feel like we're letting people, you know, like see how how this is made in, in a cool way. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a cool factor being an artist. Yes. Where everyone like wants to be us. <laughs> yeah. But they're also like don't want to put in the effort, and that's fine. Yeah, and they don't know the amount of time we spend like just like on sweatpants, like yeah, hunched mm-hmm. over an iPad. Mm-hmm. I I've definitely been finding the like, and I would love to hear your perspective too. I find that when I'm creating so much for clients, and I've kind of been in this zone for five years where I am just creating for other clients, creating for businesses, that I don't have a lot of creativity left over for my own projects like mm-hmm. at all and I try but it, yeah right yeah I feel like I can't create without a prompt mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. you know like I'm actually thinking of doing just like a series of like funny paintings of my cat or something just so I like I know what I'm doing <laughs> right like yeah. maybe as like historical yeah. figures like I know what I'm doing but it'll still give me a chance to like loosen up and have fun and I feel like maybe that will sort of spark that spontaneity to help me transition into doing like my own artwork, like I said, on my free time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know, it's gonna take something like that because like you said, I, I can't just go, I wanna paint this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, what's the client? What's the color palette? What's yeah. the market? You like need those those parameters. It's so hard. I, when you guys were talking about creative freedom earlier and Jess was like, do you have creative freedom with your clients? And I was like, I don't know, even if like, even if I had total full creative freedom, I wouldn't like that. That would be so stressful. Mm, Cause definitely. like you want their input. You want them to care about it enough to tell you this is what I'm looking for. Because like, I don't know, Sin, you could be like, okay, well I feel like painting a mermaid today. And like, it's for a barbecue restaurant. And like, right, right. In what world does that make sense? You know, like you want it to make sense. And like sometimes having those. So I think maybe creative freedom isn't so much about just like, making whatever you want to make. I think it's about having a client that trusts you mm-hmm. and will listen to your opinion when you give it. And it's more of a collaborative process than just like somebody coming in and saying, you have total creative freedom, do whatever you right. want. Like, I don't know. That, that sounds kind of like a nightmare to me. It's a good point. Yeah. For me, the closest that I'll get is that a client will want to work with us and they will just want our signature style within their parameters. So their brand palette, mm-hmm maybe their slogan, but with my signature mm-hmm. lettering or our illustration style, like I consider that creative freedom more or less versus mm-hmm. somebody who's like, yeah. I want this like line art drawing of, of, you know, this tree. Um, yeah. Where I have to like actually change my style, I think to, mm-hmm. to go with a client versus like a client that wants to represent my style. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's enough, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. Do you feel like you're still getting people who, I think this is common for muralists, where they're just like, oh, you're a muralist, you can do whatever. You can do anything that I ask for. Are you still getting people who are requesting those kinds of things? Where they're like, can you paint a Renaissance style portraiture? 
Not as much anymore in the beginning, definitely. And I think having been around for 10 years, people will now know our style pretty well. We also do send like a pitch deck to everybody so that before they meet with us, they're already looking at a little presentation about it. So I think they have a good idea of what they want. If they do say something like that, I always just ask like, what what did you see from me that that made you want to reach out to us? Because maybe there is something, right? Like. Maybe they just like my use of color, but they want it represented in a less uh, flat way. Uh, and in which case, I feel that that's a cool challenge because that's still an extension of my style. And now I get to maybe like experiment. How do my pieces look like with a little texture, um, but still my style? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't even know what the question was, but... <laughs> you answered it. You answered it. <laughs> isn't so much a question it's just like a conversation just kind of yeah. seeing where things go well um we have let's do two more questions and then we will wrap this up so one of the questions that i would love to hear about is like maybe what are your biggest lessons because a lot of people listening to this are i would say probably newer in business or like you know not quite as experienced as you i know yeah. i'm not Madeline's not. So like, what are some of those big lessons that you really are like, if I could do it all over again, I would like, these are lessons I would take with me. Hmm. Um, I mean, it, I think it really depends on, on the intention that this person has in starting out. If, if you know for a fact what you want to do, I want to have a mural studio. I want to have a bakery, right? then my biggest advice would be to do, you know, a little bit of research, you know, find out what paperwork you need to have. Uh, make sure that you have an invoicing type of, you know, thing in place. Make sure you have contracts. Make sure that you are protected, that everything is in writing. Um, make sure you have limits and make sure you have boundaries. Um, and just being upfront. One thing I've learned um, the hard way was that if you just sort of yes everything in a meeting and then you start enforcing your boundaries later, then it just sort of makes things very uncomfortable. Whereas in the very beginning, you very nicely say like, this is the amount of edits that I will do. These are the days that I work and these are the days that I don't work. And you get all of that right away, just like person to person in a nice way that you usually don't have those like weird, uncomfortable situations, which is what I feel I had a lot of in the beginning is you know, working with a design studio that told a client one price when I told them the other, but there was no contract. So I had no protection. Mm -hmm. Like there were just so many times when I had no protection. Um, mm -hmm. And we've definitely learned the hard way and we have continued to edit that contract and every time anything happens. Um, on the flip side, I would also say if something is happening organically for you, don't feel bad, you know, like don't feel like you have to have this like giant business plan and everything in place. Um, you can let things flow. You can ask for help, right? You can seek coaching or you can just seek mentorship or you can develop a friendship with somebody online, which is a lot of things like, I feel like a lot of people don't know that they can do that. Um, mm -hmm. Just reach out to other artists, um, get to know them and, and, and then just exchange information, not necessarily like drill for advice, but <laughs> find a community because that's, that's like mm -hmm. one of the good things that, you know, the internet just brings us. Um, and don't be afraid to, to be like in front of your business, you know, in front of the camera, be the face of your business and talk about yourself and what, what you do and why it's important. I love that. I hear like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. 
oh for sure right because like all that stuff is so when you work for someone else you really don't have to experience any of that you don't have to protect yourself like it your business the uh, company you work for does it like you don't really have to have a community sometimes because you already have friends and then you have workers (laughs) and you have workers yeah 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 Yeah. uh that's such good advice thank you for sharing that sam oh thanks jess (laughs) (laughs) um what other questions do we have madeline or do we want to wrap it up i feel like Um, we could go all day honestly yeah that's true that's true i know i'm like trying to remember i'm like when did we start because we got started kind of early and then we dove right in mm-hmm. um i would love to hear about like what i loved your piece of advice about letting things grow organically especially when you were talking about how your business got started how you got the job with starbucks um like being on the like doing the the painting on the cruise like all of that stuff kind of seemed to be like this thing that you were like i want to do this and then organically yeah. it kind of fell into your lap and then you know, like how you grew your business with adding a team. And there's some strategy, I think, to that. But I do think that that's super important to remember is that like the stuff that's supposed to find you will find you and you have to be open to it because you don't know where it's going to take you. So like you took that $500 logo job and then I'm sure at this point it has paid for itself many times over (laughs) with like other contracts. Um, So I would love to hear, with that in mind, what are you excited about in the future? Like, you've got your cruise ship, so we're talking blimps, we're talking planes are next. (laughs) But what else, uh, where would you like to go with your business? Either, like, through strategy and, like, your business plan, or, like, organically, if it happens, it happens. If it comes my way, it comes my way. Yeah. um, So we are at a pivotal point right now where we are asking ourselves like exactly those questions, right? Like Mm -hmm. what does chalk and brush look like as a franchise? What does chalk and brush look like if we just open another studio somewhere else? Right. And we just sort of manage Mm -hmm. there and get a great team going there. Um, What is some passive income that we can make? So we're definitely working on some projects there because, um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 35. I mean, oh, God, I'm 34. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Ben's 46. Uh, and, you know, the team is young, but we don't necessarily want to be up on a ladder forever. And we want to mm-hmm. keep that going. But um, there are a lot of other things that I think we can do now in terms of providing tools, maybe even to other artists um, that we are working on, like actual physical things. I'm very excited about that. Um, personally, I would love to work with some brands that I still haven't worked with. Like I would love to work with Target. I know that's like super yes. live, laugh, yeah. love, but I love Target and I want to work with them. No. No. Um, we all yeah. love Target. How can you not? Yeah. Come yeah. on. Yeah. And also, so, I feel like Target's so like just around the corner for you. It's like, gotta be. It's, I feel like it has to be can like you your style. Them? Can you just tag them in everything you just tag? <laughs> Maybe. I can ask TikTok to tag them. Um, yeah. yeah, I want to. And they've worked with some cool local artists down here. Um, but yeah, I want Target. Yeah. Um, yeah, just lots of other brands. I would love to do a little bit more, like, just sort of advocacy and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of that yeah. type of, of work through my art. 
and again personally I really want to start painting and I really want to start just growing my own personal name aside from the brand right like what's a more like a less commercial version of, of what I'm doing where it just doesn't represent me and uh, yeah. maybe I do want to try doing like gallery work and stuff like that um, just on my own um, so that's sort of where our minds are set on right now but we are just in a period right now of just like experimenting and growing and talking about all this like what does phase whatever phase we're on look like <laughs> yeah and yeah. you know this is a really good point too for all of the muralists who listen to this and I know that we've talked to you like there is a limit yeah I mean you can paint murals into your 50s 60s 70s but like ladders get more precarious like as, as we age and yeah you know yeah and there will always be younger artists um entering yeah. the scene and you know mm -hmm. we're willing to do things you, you can't or have mm -hmm. yeah that's beautiful i'm excited to see what this it sounds like there's going to be like a new chapter coming definitely for I'm sure excited. i'll keep you posted yeah. yes please <laughs> here anytime to it. talk about it <laughs> um all right well let's wrap this up we want to know What's lighting you up this week? This week, uh, you know, I've been working on a really cool project that I can't share, and I just finally got approved, so I'm going to start painting it. It is three-dimensional. Earlier, I wanted to be like, oh, my God. Uh, so I can't talk about it yet. It's very cool. Definitely Cuban uh, influence in many ways. Um, so I'm going to actually start painting that now. And then um, I don't know, just looking forward to some cool projects and uh, to resting a little. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. We love to hear it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Rest is magic, as I say, that I didn't believe in naps as of like a year ago. <laughs> Rest is best. Yes. That's <laughs> such a better phrase. That's so good. I love rhyming. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, where can people find you and what can they get excited about for what's coming next for your business, your life, just following you? So you can find my business on Instagram as Chalk and Brush and you can find me as Sino, C-Y-N-N-O. On TikTok, I am Chalk and Sino. So it's kind of like a combination. Mm -hmm. It's a behind the scenes mm -hmm. of my business. And also my name wasn't available. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you see the other Sino, tell her I want to talk. <laughs> and uh yeah i'm gonna be sharing more about these projects as soon as i have a green light i definitely have a lot of behind the scenes footage um that i'm excited to share and um yeah that's about it more of the same honestly yeah that's awesome we are so grateful for you coming on here and sharing yes. your wisdom and your stories <laughs> it's just it's always good to talk to you sin likewise just and maddie it was awesome to meet you Yes, it was so nice to meet you. This was a this was a very uh, fangirl moment for me. Very exciting. <laughs> you guys Madeline are too usually funny. gets quiet when she's like, "Okay, I'm focusing. I'm like enjoying <laughs> this." <laughs> I'm a fan of you guys' work. You guys do some oh, big things. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Except, <laughs> except the compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Like, we <laughs> I'm going to come down to Miami one day. Yes. Yeah. I'll give you a good tour. Yeah. I'll take you to oh, all the good yeah. Cuban we spots. Should... Yes. Let's plan a trip. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you have to come up and uh, you can visit just in Baltimore, but then you also have to come visit me in DC because yes. it's two Ooh. different cities. It's two different vibes. Whoa. Yeah. So yeah, never been. Yeah. Maybe, maybe your second studio is in Maryland. I don't know. Maybe. No, no. <laughs> I'll help. I don't know, guys. I think it's cold there. It is very cold. Because Russia's a tropical business. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. Bye.